Welcome once again here to more football alongside Richard Johnson and Vox Lombardi. I'm Adam Ambrook. Breaking news right out of the gate, okay? We all knew we'd be here for the regular season. We weren't sure about that. We were about to give our two weeks notice, but yes, we are going to be back, folks. So spread the word right now. Get on social. Put it on the gram. More football? You have more football coming to you. Five extra shows added come playoff time. So we are not only going to see you in 2021, we're going to bring the heat the rest of this year as we have Christmas right around the corner. Speaking of, a great present from jolly old St. Nick to our man, Richard Johnson. Okay, for those who are unaware, he is a diehard Jacksonville Jaguars fan. And listen, sometimes bad Santa rears its ugly head. This time it was good Santa helping him out. And it, honestly, I'm going to put it this way. Everyone knows with the Jets, that loss was absolutely devastating. You win one, but lose one. It's like you win the war, but lose the battle. Yes, the Jets won, but that other one draft pick appears to be all for the Jaguars. We know that. What you don't know is what it was like inside the brain of Richard Johnson, which is why we're starting with this, the Richard Hour. Rich, take us through this moment. Here's the details, too. Fellas, POV, my living room, Sunday afternoon, right around 7, <laughs> about 7.15. The joy. The unbridled joy. It's, it's hope. It's the thing that, that the NFL truly trades on as far as a cachet is concerned. It's hope. That's what Trevor Lawrence is. That's what the Jets losing is and vaulting the Jaguars into the number one pick as things stand right now. Um, again, as you guys know, I am one of, I believe, the few people who actually watches the Jaguars and Jets side by side basically every week. I live in New York City. Sick, man. Uh, I, I get the Jets game locally. I'm usually watching them at the same time because they are usually both on at the one o'clock window, but obviously Jets on the road in California playing the Rams. Uh, they are in the four o'clock window. And so, you know, the, the Jets start that game out playing really well. And in the first half of that game, I really don't want to take anything away from the Jets. The Jets were kicking the Rams butts in the first half of that game. Seriously. Um, and then the rubber band effect starts to happen on Sunday afternoon as we get in the second half and the cream rises to the top, that cream being the Rams. And buddy, Frank Gore. We need to put Frank Gore in the pride of the Jaguars <laughs> ring of honor at Everbank Field because Frank Gore, the ageless wonder, may have delivered the next decade of prosperity for Jaguars football with a few first downs to keep Sean McVay's offense off of the field and clinch the Jets' first victory. It is the unthinkable that the New York football Jets won a football game this season. Trust me, I have watched them many a time. Uh, it, it's, I don't know, man. It really is like, I, I almost couldn't sleep Sunday night. Was like a kid waiting for Christmas, but the present just comes in April. The game was very interesting, Rich, and just let me just say I'm happy for you. We're all happy for you, me and then the staff. Salute to you, sir. You 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 have been gifted this wonderful gift. My Cowboys keep winning for 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 some reason. Like Andy Dalton is going to take us to the promised land. So you're doing Tankathon the right way, sir. I went back and watched the game, and you're absolutely right, man. Trenches won the game, and just you know, this does happen every now and then. You know, we watch Jerry Goff, like hey, Jerry. Jared Goff, lead us. And Jared Goff really can't, you know, get out of his own way sometimes, you know. And I'm just watching this 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 Jets defense, and I'm listening to names like Neville Hewitt and 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 uh, Blossom Austin, and you know, just these guys I've never heard of before. I'm like, who is who is Frank Luvu, right? But they're flying around. They were intense. They were angry. They played. They played like like, hey, we've been getting picked on and talked about for 15 weeks, and we were sick of it. 
But I would have loved to have known the reaction, right? If this was a Jets home game and the Jets win, what do the fans do to this? How do they react? Because the best way to get the pulse, they're they not, happy. not happy. And the and <laughs> the happy. best way to get the pulse of a fan base is go to social media. You can go to Twitter. You can go to Reddit. And they are livid over there because this is more than just the Jags winning. It's not like a situation where, oh, there are two top uh, you know, top best quarterback prospects we've ever seen in a decade type guys, right? It's not two of them. It's just one. There's one big prize. Justin Fields will probably turn into a pretty good NFL quarterback. Possibly Trey Lance, possibly Zach Wilson, if he can get out of his own way, possibly. But if you listen to the scouts, and I got to do a lot more research, so this ain't vice speaking. But if you listen to those scouts, they're saying that Trevor Lawrence is as close to a can't miss prospect of a quarterback that we've seen in the last decade. And Rich, you had a great quote yesterday. I wish you would have saved it for today. It was something along the lines of, 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 of three hours of happiness means nothing to this 15 years of anguish. And, and just it, that just made so much sense to me. Because let me ask you this, though, Rich. What do you think about the old people, right? Those old Jets fans that are saying, oh, you play to win the game. We, I feel good about that Jets win. Give me, give me, give me some of your top two of the draft thoughts about this, sir. So it, what, first of all, Vach, this was the quote. And, and this is for people who sort of say, well, you shouldn't tank like that, da, da, da. Three hours of happiness on a few fall Sundays is not enough for me to trade for potentially the next decade to 15 years of happiness with Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback. At the very least, it's going to be nine months of happiness until he steps on the field in September, even if he is a tomato can, which he is not. But, you know, there's a lot of old people who say, oh, we well, shouldn't wish to tank like da, da 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 Like, I understand that players and coaches do not tank. Let's put them out of the scenario right now. Those guys work way too hard to go out out there on Sunday and intentionally lose a game. Nobody is accusing Jets or Jaguars, players and coaches of tanking. Doesn't happen. Uh, they're professionals. But at the end of the day, as fans, you don't have to sit here and just trade on false hope all season. The Jaguars have now lost 13 games in a row. I, you, you don't get some gold star for, for going on Sunday afternoon and golly gee, I hope they win the game. This isn't a Disney movie. This is professional football. And in professional football, you have to have a quarterback to go anywhere you want to go. It doesn't matter. It is the most important position in team sports. It's hard to find. The Jaguars thought they had an inkling to one, a diamond in the rough last year. He has turned out to not be an elite quarterback prospect. That's okay. They went through the process. They last drafted a quarterback in Blake Bortles' third pick. We know how that turned out. The Jaguars have not had a legitimate quarterback since Mark Brunel in the late 90s. Byron Leftwich was fun. David Garrard was fun. God bless them both. But neither of them were long-term answers at the position. And it's just like, like you, I don't even think Jaguars fans understand, truly understand, what a long-term answer at the quarterback position. It, it, it elevates your whole organization. It makes free agents in the future want to come to your organization, Jacksonville. I love the city, but it is not exactly, you know, the top free agent destination. We all know that. Um, it, it, it changes everything about your organization. It makes 
Uh, you know, it makes personnel decisions miles easier because you've got that position solved because you can build a functioning offense around the guy. There are so many reasons on and on and on why the quarterback position is so vital to hit. And if you can get this guy and he truly becomes a star, what it will do for the Jaguars, for Jacksonville, for this organization, I, it, like it, it is so much more than just he could be a really, really good football player. The person the Jets should be blaming more than anyone, guys, is Rams head coach Sean McVay. He is as good at coach pound for pound in football, but he called Adam Gase last Tuesday and said, hey, man, I'm watching tape right now. He called Adam Gase at 7.15 a.m. Eastern. So McVay's calling at 4.15 a.m. Eastern. Humble brag. He's up at 4 when everybody else is sleeping and says, hey, man, I'm watching the tape. You guys are working hard, especially on defense. Guys are flying around. Keep it up. He gave Adam Gase the motivation he needed. He was like, all right, you know what? McVay thinks you're pretty good. We, we are good. I was talking to my friend Michael Lombardi, and he said, you know what Bill Parcells would have done? He would have been the biggest jerk in the compound to his team if he was McVay. He would have put rotting cheese in everyone's lockers. He would have put up posters. He would have told everyone, you guys stink. You got no chance against the Jets. You guys think you're good. Well, they're an unbeaten team. They're going to wax you. And we'd have had his team motivated. McVay and the Rams clearly took them lightly. They took it for granted. They thought it was a W. It was overconfidence. McVay, after the game, said quotes like embarrassing, sick to your stomach. It was very humbling. No kidding. Next time, don't call Adam Gase and tell him your team is better than you think. And for the Jets, I mean, the cover of the New York Post said Lawrence Welp, which, by the way, is a reference. Lawrence I Welp. Got I got Lawrence it. Welp. I got it. I got it. Welp. Yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm glad that Rich got it. As soon as I saw it, I go, okay, Lawrence Welk. I'm not sure if the money was getting this, but Welp, Lawrence Welp, you just lost out on Trevor Lawrence. And, and I get the fact, Vach, players that feel like, dude, I'm not going to tank. This is my livelihood. This is my pride. I'm not going to go around the rest of my life as a loser. And everyone's going to say, oh, you were on that team that didn't win a single game. What a loser you are. No, I'm winning a game. But at the same time, if I'm the fan base, I'm appalled. I'm frustrated. I'm outraged. I'm pumped for Rich Vach, but if I'm a Jets fan, Honestly, I would cancel my season tickets. That's how mad I would be. Well, it's called sacrifice, right? And then let's just kind of like clear this up. We don't hope for losing necessarily. This losing sucks. sucks. Nobody, this season nobody wants has to lose. sucked watching them right. lose 13 games in a row. It's not fun, Botch. As a Cowboys, Jags, Eagles fan, losing ain't good. But there's <laughs> a certain point to where realism kind of comes into my mind, right? To where, man, look, Dak Prescott is hurt. We have the worst defense I've ever seen in my life. Let's try to get a high draft pick so we can trade back, get a lot more picks. You know, just things like that. We don't want to lose. It's just that you just understand for the greater good that winning this game does not help you at all. If you're a real fan, you want what's best for the franchise. And this ain't like, oh, I want to I want to have a chance to get Jamar Chase, the best receiver in the draft this year. No, this is a quarterback, the most important position in, in the game. We talked about uh, Kelsey from the Eagles, right? He had his little locker room situation he was like hey guys i mean i understand what y'all saying about losing but winning like we play to win the game nobody wants to lose and we feel that and we understand that it's team building to win and you get confidence from winning but you know what else gets you confidence when you don't have a quarterback and trevor lawrence walks in the room that gives me a lot of confidence so it just uh i hate the whole discussion that oh we're football nerds we're football dorks we're being draft nerds for wanting to lose games we want what's better for our team dude andy dalton is not going to take us to the promised land carson Wentz is not going to take us to the promised land gardner miss you you can do all this mustache marketing you want do the long hair thing with trevor lawrence good job for you rich i'm happy for you sir you and, and then 
And then I'm glad you sort of brought up the GM aspect because that is another angle here. If I am a GM, the Jaguars situation right now, even better than the Jets because the Jets would have to have a decision to make about Sam Darnold for a prospective GM coming in. And obviously Joe Douglas is not going anywhere. But for the Jaguars, if I'm a GM candidate now, that is the situation. Carte Blanche. You got a ton of cap room. You got a ton, you got young talent. I don't know about a ton of young talent, but you've got young talent. It's cheap, you know. Um, and now you may get the piece. You it cannot be understated what how big a deal it is that the Jaguars may may get the number one pick in the 2021 NFL draft. It just can't be. One final thought here on Trevor Lawrence, guys, then we'll move on. It was not necessarily guaranteed he would go to the Jets. I mean, I kept telling people, listen, if the Jets have the number one pick and Lawrence tells him, hey, guys, I'm not going to go. Like, I'll go back. He's to he's not going back to school. But, but Rich, what, what if he said, you know what? I have such animosity towards the, even the concept of going to the Jets. I'd rather go win a national championship. What if Clemson loses in the semifinal or loses in the national championship against Alabama? You don't think there might have been an inkling? Hey, I don't want to go to the Jets. I'll go back for one more season he is not going back to school like every quarter like they always say this with these quarters like no you go to the organization and elevate the organization and yes jaguars have not been the most functional organization in the last uh, decade or so but at the end of the day they are getting a new regime in there and i think a new regime a new gm top bot uh, top down i should say uh you go in there during the draft process you sell trevor lawrence on the vision that he is the sun moon and stars of and if i'm trevor lawrence i don't turn that down to go back to clemson even though i've had some great memories at clemson lawrence is from the south for the record from georgia jacksonville's like north georgia so yeah he is playing closer to home if that all matters to a young quarterback who's about to get paid and about to be the real darling of the nfl one more thought here so for the jets here rich if you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, doesn't look like it. I think the Jaguars are, are the team to beat, so to speak, in terms of tankathon. What about Justin Fields? I know earlier in the season you had said, listen, Fields is a good quarterback. This guy was a Heisman candidate. Obviously, he did some good things with the Buckeyes. However, I feel like there's, there's less confidence now in Fields as an elite quarterback. He may still be the second quarterback taken off the board, but I feel like there's more separation now between what Trevor Lawrence is and what Justin Fields is. Yeah, you know, we still have to see. Um, Justin, I would love to see. I can't wait to see Justin Fields against that Clemson defense again in the college football semifinal. There is also the matter of Zach Wilson, which QB evaluators will have to work through his tape uh, and see, uh, try to pick through some of the games that he has not played as well as he, when he's played not great competition. Um, the QB2 and QB3 conversation, I think, is fascinating this year. Uh, I do think it is a step down from Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think that's an indictment of either Justin Fields or Zach Wilson out of BYU. Uh, the Jets are going to have a decision to make, though. Uh, you know, you have the left tackle. So where else, Vach, is this sort of standout draft prospect even this year? Um, I, I think is the most interesting thing to think of. And do the Jets potentially think, maybe we ride this with Sam and maybe we continue to build the house around him? I don't know what the Jets are going to do that. Well, I am very much so a maniac. They're not going to do what I'm going to do. They're going to take some quarterback. And it might be it might be Zach Wilson, BYU, because quarterback, I mean, when you're in situations like that, get the guy, right? But in my mind, in my maniac drafting mind, yeah, I have this number two overall pick. But what that means for me is I get to call the price. I get to make up whatever draft compensation I want. So if your team way in the back, and this is what I wanted my Cowboys to do, right? If you're the 49ers and you won just enough games to keep you out of quarterback range, hey, give me some of those picks and I 
I can continue to build my team. Now, I'm not saying go draft like, you know, Mac Wilson from Alabama, some who, who could be good for you. But what I want to do is I don't want to put a quarterback in a bad house. We've already talked about this. And if I'm the Jets and if it's not Trevor Lawrence, I got the number two overall pick. Fine. Let's get some picks this year. But most importantly, let's see if I can get some picks next year so I can add another piece to my offensive line. Because just because you're good at left tackle don't mean you're good at left guard. So we can keep <laughs> building there. We're going to get some guys back on defense from COVID stuff. Let's draft even more guys and let's continue to build this thing. Then we're going to suck this year, come back and draft a quarterback high next year with this nice house to put them in. To that point about strength in numbers, Vach, you look at the Redskins of Washington football team, the fact that they kept drafting guys to beef up the defensive line until all those guys were juggernauts. And look at the Steelers' offensive line right now. They cannot run the football, and yet they got two all pros on that offensive line in Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro. You could argue maybe they're not worthy of being all pros, but the point is you got five offensive linemen, two are all pros. That should be a pretty good offensive line. It hasn't been the case for Pittsburgh. And the final thought on Fields, his last three games, 613 passing yards, four touchdowns, five interceptions. So a little mediocre after those better numbers, but as uh, obviously Rich mentioned, big game coming up in the college football semifinal. Look forward to that, see what he does against Clemson. To zone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus, exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN. All right, as always, we like to throw out different possibilities, different permutations out there. So, hey, what's more likely? A little fun game for you. The Steelers continue to fall off. And by the way, I'm already voting with this one. Their offense looks anemic. They cannot run the football. They haven't had a 100-yard rusher since James Conner in week six against the Browns. Big Ben Roethlisberger had a terrible game as he lost the Bengals. They're on a three-game losing streak. If they lose this week and the Browns win, we have a week 17 winner-take-all game. The Steelers could lose the division to the Cleveland Browns. That's your first option. What's more likely? The Steelers keep losing. The Dolphins or the Ravens get the wild card. Now, the Ravens on the outside looking in. The Dolphins, you think of the inside track, but then the Ravens have that big win on Monday Night Football against the Browns, and now their offense looks pretty good. They've got 121 points over a three-game winning streak. So that's a second option. And then the Colts or the Titans, who actually wins this division? Both teams certainly have strengths. Derrick Henry's a beast for the Titans. Tannehill, obviously, a great quarterback. The Colts, obviously, led by their defense. Of those three options, Vach, which one is the most likely? The Steelers keep falling off, the Ravens or the Dolphins get that wild card, or the Colts or the Titans win the division? Which one of those do you feel most confident about? Well, I hate being wrong about something, but I got to be mad enough to admit it. Uh, once upon a time, the Pittsburgh Steelers were uh, the best team in the league to me, and I was kind of going to run that to the house or whatever. But boy, oh boy, it is different. And the Cleveland Browns are going to line up, and they're going to be way better than the Bengals. And it's going to be interesting to see how they look moving forward. So this is this is more than just the last two weeks of the season because they are a playoff team. So when Pittsburgh gets to the playoffs, they may even play a team that's better than the Browns. So good luck to you then sir i just don't see the pittsburgh steelers hanging around in the way that you know okay well we got worse on defense we can't really block people that well we can't run the ball being in my old man armness i don't see them rebounding at all so uh i don't see him bounce back yeah yeah i actually agree with my co-host over there uh you know it's it's i don't understand where the offense is going to come the, the the other dimension for the offense i should say that's the problem the problem is 
okay, the quick game stuff is cute. You're not running the ball terribly well. James Conner's got some health issues that he's dealing with. And you don't have any vertical way to go vertical in the passing game. And if Ben continues to regress and continues to give the ball to the other team and make bad decisions, that defense can't like just cannot hold up. If you're putting it in bad spots repeatedly, repeatedly, the levy will break. Uh, so that, I just the Steelers are going to continue to backslide. backslide. Will they win one of these two games coming home? Maybe. Will they? Uh, you know, will they bloody up the, the the Browns for pride in Week 17? Maybe. But they are still backing into the playoffs, and I still do not like their chances in January to keep up. When the levy breaks, I tell you what, sir. Zeppelin song. Sorry, go ahead, Vach. Just want to get that in. Go ahead. I, I tell you, <laughs> good job. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh is not going to be able to run the ball, but you know who is going to run the ball and run the ball with great vengeance and furious anger? Yes, is Derrick Henry. So <laughs> if we is. just kind of touch on touch on some of these other games or whatever, you know, you know, uh, Tennessee does look like a team that can kind of just hold it together until the end of this thing. And just another, um, you know, just another observation that's just kind of interesting is that the Ravens are not in the playoffs right now. They got a little more work to do. Some other teams, you know, some things got to happen, but they got to win to control their destiny or whatever. So it's not just can the rest of the league help the Ravens, but can the Ravens even win these last two games? I think it's a very interesting uh, conversation to look at moving forward. Love the reference to Ezekiel 25-17, and I will strike down with a great vengeance and furious anger all those who attempt to poison my brothers. All right, destroy my brothers. How about Dolphins and Ravens there, uh, Rich? Do you think – listen, before I said if the Ravens lost, the Browns' season was over. They obviously beat the Browns, a very exciting game, game of the year. Now their schedule is easier. I like them to get the Walker rather than Miami. How about you? Yeah, I – I think Miami may drop one. I, I think Miami may drop one maybe week 17. Um, but depends on sort of who's up for it in week 17, truly. Uh, the Ravens, yeah, the Ravens are sneaking around the chicken coop, man. They're, they're there. And you, you, you can't give a good team a way in. And the Ravens are a good team. And, and the, the door is slightly ajar. Mm. So this is interesting. The Ravens have the Giants and the Bengals and the Dolphins have the Raiders and the Buffalo Bills. Mm. So I think that's going to be uh that's going to be Ravens playoffs looks like. But you never know. The, the Bills, the Bills, Bills can arrest everybody. people, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. yeah, at least so at, they could. At least on paper, the Ravens have the better schedule. But Rich is right. The Bills decide to arrest everybody. No Josh Allen, et cetera. No Stephon Diggs. Maybe who knows? Uh, a team can get lucky in the case of the Dolphins. And back that Colts Titans one. Who wins the South right now? Vach, it feels like. Hey, Colts are you know built on their defense, and hopefully they can get enough offense. The Titans obviously built on Derrick Henry and Tannehill. If you had a betting man, who wins that division? Colts or Titans? I think both make the playoffs. You know, it's interesting. Derrick Henry gets the big praise over there, but Tannehill ain't been bad. Yeah. Tannehill has not been terrible at all. So, hey, if they could just keep being tough on defense, and y'all can go back and watch some of our old episodes, we had a conversation about what is good defense. And I think if you give up, you know, 28 points, but you get two turnovers here or there, you know, and just run the ball, play keep away, and then Tannehill does his thing, Tannehill can run too. You know, so let's just put some respect on his name. I think Tennessee can walk away with this thing pretty easy. Yeah, Tennessee is scoring a lot of points. I mean, like, I know, you know, the, the Browns game was in a losing effort, but they are putting up a ton of points. I really like what the Titans are doing right now. I know that people are sort of sleeping on the Colts, old man Philip Rivers, and, the way you know, they are not flashy at all, and they are putting it together with spare parts on that offense. But, man, the Titans are a really solid football team, and Mike Vrabel is a really, really good situational uh, situational decision maker, and that's what I really like about the Titans. 
And once again, that Steelers offense, man, Whew, 49 points the last three games. The Jets' last three games, they've scored 54 points. Chew on that one. All right. As well, let's go a little further here with regards to AFC, because even when the Steelers were 11-0, Richard was saying, I feel like the Chiefs are going to wax them. If it came to the playoffs, Chiefs are still a better team. So now it is very clear the Chiefs are certainly the best team in the AFC, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are not the second best team. I think the Bills are probably the second best team. But how about it, Botch? If I said to you, which AFC team – the most likely to beat the Chiefs. We can all agree the Chiefs are the heavy favorite. We got that. But is it the Bills led by Josh Allen? Is it the Browns with a great running game in their defense? Which team do you think, how many AFC teams can beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Boy, I hate to ride the fence on this, but I think the only team that could beat the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, it's going to have to take – I mean, Pat Mahomes is going to have to have a long night of drinking. Travis Kelce is going to have to get arrested at a casino or something, and they still might come out and win. You never know. Like, they're just set up so nicely. And even with Clyde going away, Le'Veon Bell is going to step right into that thing, and they're just going to keep on chugging. There was this one touchdown that Pat threw in the game to Miko Hardman in the back of the end zone, and everybody just didn't care about it. Even, even the announcers thought he was throwing away. But no. Nah, it was just in the perfect spot right before you go out of bounds, right before you hit me cold, right away from a defender. It was just placed perfectly. And you look at Pat Mahomes and go, that dude is an alien. So who can be the alien but an alien? You know? So I don't think there's a team. That, unless in some crazy world that you get a team that can run the football like the Titans or a team like the Browns that can run the football, play keep away, and possibly – Here's an interesting thought. If Cantana Hill put up enough points in a game of keep away to beat Pat Mahomes in that game of keep away, like to make it like a 28-24 type game. The Titans could do it, but this is just me playing hypothetical because we got to have a conversation because we talk on the show. Anybody beat Pat? Yeah, the Titans are the team that I think uh, have the best chance. Um, I, I think that the I think that the Titans can play, uh, you know, can, can slug it out with them. I think the Titans can play on offense they don't have to play one dimension derrick henry's there and and i get it and everybody he's the sun moon and stars but the way they throw the ball legitimately off that play action with home run threats that's the difference between them and the browns the browns do not exactly have home run threats that baker mayfield is throwing to even though baker mayfield is operating very efficiently in that offense aj brown and corey davis are home run threats and that's what you need uh against the chiefs but the Bills have home run threats too. And the Bills have a defense that I think uh, could could make some hay against the Chiefs or at least limit the ceiling on what the Chiefs are, are going to be able to put up. So Titans and Bills, I think, are the, the really the two teams that we talk about. Uh, maybe I lean Bills uh, as, as the one team that can give them uh, a real game in the AFC Championship game. I would think it's the Bills as well, and I like your guys' thought process. You normally you'd say, okay, who can slow down Mahomes? Who has the best defense of those teams? The AFC, which perhaps would be the Colts, but but, but, I, but but I like your guys' point, which is that listen, yeah, the Colts have a great defense, but offensively, can you match him? So Philip Rivers cannot match him. Therefore, you would discount Indianapolis. You need a team that has a prolific offense, and so the Bills and Titans would qualify. Tannehill's numbers, to your guys' points, just how good he's been. Fox, you were saying in some ways he's been underrated. Three thousand four hundred eighty-two passing yards, thirty-one touchdowns. Only five interceptions. So he has certainly been outstanding. So have the Chiefs. I mean, they've won 22 of their last 23 games. Only loss was against the Raiders. Yeah, the Browns have been hot. They won five of their last six. But I would go with the Bills as well. How about their depth on offense? 13 Bills players have recorded receiving touchdowns. That is tied for the most in a single season in NFL history. And Josh, on the way he's going, looks like he's probably going to break Jim Kelly's record. That's a franchise record, the most 
passing touchdowns in a single season. He's taken giant steps this year with Brian Dable as his offensive coordinator and obviously Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley as his primary receivers. So I know the three of us are big sports fans. Normally Christmas Day, you go, hey, lots of great NBA action, wire to wire. That is there, but come on. When there's football available, this is an unexpected bonus treat here. We get the Vikings and the Saints on Christmas Day. It's almost like the game you, you didn't know you needed. Like, you're right, the Vikings, they're done. They lost the Bears. But it's kind of like Vach wants a leaf blower. He doesn't have, doesn't have any leaves to blow. It's just it's just a game you have there. It's something to enjoy. So when it comes to the Vikings right. and the Saints, there's lots of features teeing up that game. Make sure you check out the zone for all of that. All right, for the actual games, Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. Colts are coming on strong. Steelers obviously are reeling, having lost three straight games. Mike Tomlin, who always has a lot of memorable quotes, got a lot of quips, right? How about this one? We don't need to run away from the kitchen. We need to run into it. Rich, I appreciate the fact he recognizes this is a burning building right now, and he's flame retardant. <laughs> but they got to fix this thing. I don't think they're going to win against the Colts. You? The problem is they're playing a defense that is like, really really not set up for them to really be like they're not playing this defense that's going to play a ton of sort of cover one man and going to try to run with their quick receivers that they get separation no they're playing a too high shell that is content to sit back and let you get a three-yard completion and then come and tackle you watch I think it'll be interesting to see if they change that up to let Ben uh, try to take more deep shots because we know that Ben can't connect with those. So it it would be interesting to see how that chess match works. But, you know, if if you look at the past two defenses, the past few defenses that Ben has been playing, it's not just the defense has been playing good. It's just that Ben has been being bad. So now you go against one of the better defenses in the league with Ben being bad. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers stand a chance. So we're going to let old man Rivers stumble his way into a W. Yeah, that is feel like a, a mismatch, even though the Steelers are the team that's 11-3. and three. Once again, if Cleveland wins, Week 17 will be a showdown game for their division with Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Let's move on and check out the Rams in Seattle. We talked a lot, fellas, about the Jets winning, what that meant, but the Rams actually lost that game. They didn't just lose the game against the Jets. They lost at home against the Jets. It feels inexcusable. How do they bounce back against the Seahawks, Watch. This is a game which the NFC West up for grabs. At times, look, it was Seattle's to win. Then Arizona was going on. Now it's the Rams. Can the Rams punch back and get to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks on the road? Well, it's interesting because the Rams should be embarrassed. The Rams should be angry. And that's going to go into some preparation. They're probably going to have a really good week of practice. And the Rams are probably going to come out way more intense than they were last week. The problem with that is the Seahawks were just in an, a very embarrassing situation with the Washington football team. Dwayne Haskins throwing the ball 50 times and them almost making it. And the Seahawks, you know, they have taken a bit of a decline as well. You know, Russell isn't the MVP candidate that we were kind of talking about him in the earlier parts of the season. I got DK Metcalf on my fantasy team so i need russ to get his rear in gear and put some hands on these la rams who's gonna win it depends on who has a better defense that looks like the rams so far i'm gonna go rams I, both of these teams need a demonstrative win like they need a statement win that reminds us all which you know team they really are uh i, I think i trust the seahawks more to get it in this spot against these rams uh but both both of these teams really need this win no question about that. One more game to touch on, fellas. Green Bay taking on Tennessee. So for the Packers, they're eyeing that number one spot. Who knows? They may not even have to play all their starters in Week 17 if they can wrap it up and the road to the uh, Super Bowl goes through Lambeau, at least in the NFC. The past three games, you know, the Green Bay Packers, their issue was their run defense. They've really tightened things up. They've only allowed 204 rushing yards and 54 carries. That's 3.8 yards per attempt. So clearly, Matt LaFleur knew that was going to be an area to focus on. And why am I mentioning rush defense? 
because they're facing Derrick Henry, the best running back in all of football. Even LaFleur, when just asked to describe Henry's running style, called it very violent and angry. Henry's awesome. Can he give the Titans a win at home, Richard, against the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers? I hope so, because I got the Titans plus three and a half, baby. Uh, underdogs are doing pretty well <laughs> against the spread this season. Uh, the Titans are an underdog against these Packers. Yes, they are. But I like what the Titans are doing. I like what the Titans are doing on offense. I like the way they've structured uh, the house over there. Uh, and I, I think the Titans may pull a stunner. Yeah, man. I mean, we were just praising Derrick Henry and praising Tannehill and all that good stuff, but all that kind of changes your tone when we talk about those dudes versus Aaron Rodgers. But if anybody can do something sneaky, play a little, you know, play a little game of uh, keep away, get a little active. Uh, AJ Brown is a grown man. Let's see what happens, man. I think we can, uh, you know, and if there was to be some type of trap game or whatnot, then it, it, it'll probably be something like this to where it's a trap game to where the Packers should win, but let's not sleep on the Titans. Because to be fair, let's be fair, the, the Titans are a playoff team too. You know, they are a playoff experience team too. They are a heavyweight fight type team too. So let's just not sleep on them, but let's go Titans. Yeah, those are a few good matchups there to talk about as we remember the Titans on Friday. Once again, Christmas Day action at the Vikings and the Saints. Saturday, a triple header of football. And then Sunday, of course, the usual slate of games. Make sure you check out the Rookie Diaries on DeZoma. Interviews with Chase Claypool, the fantastic star for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Although right now, obviously going through some hiccups. And honestly, when it comes to fantasy football advice, one last time, folks, Wesley Chang, Steven Sahos, bringing the heat on the lineup. By the way, Rich, you're looking pretty good right now. Fancy football, right? Two weeks playoff? Yes, sir. Two-legged uh, playoff right now. I'm up by almost 70 points, so we're crossing fingers. We're playing good defense. We're playing good special teams. We're telling our team that we need it this week. We have to have their best effort. <laughs> I like that you're focused, ready to go. Vach, your fantasy pick? You're looking pretty good, too, no? 100%. I got two teams in the championship, and I need to get carried. I need DK Metcalf to be great. We need Stephon Diggs to be great. Calvin Ridley, let's do it. I ain't got no running backs, but let's go get Justin Herbert. Let's let's do this, man, so we can get this money. I mean, so we can get this win. Yeah, Big-time exactly. players yeah. make big-time plays in big-time <laughs> big games. Big-time games, exactly. And Vach, last closing thought. A lot of Christmas music going on right now. The Yuletide spirit. People are spreading mistletoe everywhere. Drink a lot of eggnog. I love Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas because I love Mariah, but you have a great concept or great thought, actually, when it comes to an underrated Christmas song. Give it to us right now. Boys to Men, Let It Snow, featuring Brian McKnight. It's amazing. And if you want another one, we got Luther Vandross every year, every Christmas, and, of course, Temptation, yeah. Silent Night. You can't miss that. And, and if you want to be edgy, Snoop Dogg, Santa Claus, coming straight to the ghetto. <laughs> Enjoy all that. Uh, Temptation, Enjoy Silent that. Night is where you had me. Uh, seriously, for Vox Lombardi, Richard Johnson, and Madden and Burke, everybody have a happy holidays. We're going to be back once again, not just to close up the regular season, but also five shows coming to you in 2021. And thanks, as always, to our outstanding crew, to Ben, to Anders, to Louisa, to Ahmed. From all of us to all of you, happy holidays. Thanks so much for supporting us, and we'll see you next time.